Connor O'Shea sat on the edge of the four-poster king-size bed trying to wake up. The heavy damask curtains hanging in the big bay window admitted not a single chink of light. It struck Connor, not for the first time, how odd it was to feel perfectly at home in any hotel, especially this vast edifice, but somehow he did. He padded across the deep-piled taupe carpet to the centre of the room. Twenty minutes later, power shower completed, he stood in front of the mirror, smiling ruefully at his reflection while he shaved. His silver hair had the effect of making him look older than his forty-six years, he mused, and although people told him it made him look distinguished, he wasn't quite so sure. As he dressed, black tailored trousers and cream Ralph Lauren shirt, which contrasted sharply with his tanned skin, he mentally ran through his itinerary for the day ahead. He would have breakfast quickly, just some cereal and a cup of tea, and get the Mercedes mini-coach organised to pick up his passengers from Shannon Airport at seven o'clock. Connor often wondered about the wisdom of his fellow coach drivers eating full cooked breakfasts every morning and then munching their way through scones and apple tarts all day during their numerous tour stops. Many of them were so overweight it made their job of loading and unloading heavy suitcases almost impossible. Connor liked to stay fit and he was also careful not to get carried away with all the free food offered to him and the other coach drivers. Today would be a nice, easy day. It entailed nothing more than picking up his tour group at Shannon that morning and bringing them back to the Dunshane Castle Hotel. The tour operator, for whom Connor had worked as a driver guide for nearly twenty years, had strong business links with the five-star castle. As a result, he stayed there almost once a week. As he walked across the busy lobby towards the dining room, a haughty voice rang out. Mr O'Shea, you're post, said Ms O'Brien, the head receptionist, proffering several postcards and one letter. Although what gave you the impression that this was your office and that I and the reception staff here are your personal secretaries, I cannot possibly imagine, she added curtly. Connor accepted the small bundle and smiled at Ms O'Brien in spite of her glare. I know that, Catherine. I'm an awful nuisance and you're all so good to me here. The two young receptionists gaped at each other, amazed at Connor's use of Ms O'Brien's first name. No one else at Dunshane would ever dare do such a thing. And I'm really sorry for the inconvenience. But as you know, I'm kind of homeless during the tourist season, so I rely on your unending generosity in keeping my post and other things for me here while I'm on the road. I really do appreciate it though, Catherine. Well, yes, I suppose we have no choice. By the way, Rosemary from your office booked in six more tours, so that means we have a whole summer of being your unpaid PAs ahead of us, Ms O'Brien continued, revealing just a hint of a smile. Connor's twinkling blue eyes always seemed to have a melting effect on her frosty personality, something that was a source of amazement to the other staff. He knew her bark was much worse than her bite, and that underneath it all, she actually liked him, and appreciated the fact that he didn't behave in the manner of some of the other coach drivers, who were always drinking and flirting with the waitresses. He was friendly and chatty, but never disrespectful and he genuinely did value all the extra little things the Dunshane staff did for him. Equally, however, 
he knew how important an asset he was to the hotel. His tour operator employers regularly sought his opinions on the accommodation used, and so it was in the hotel's best interest to keep him happy. It worked both ways. The hotel staff knew exactly how to cater for the clients he brought them, knew precisely what standards were expected of them, and they delivered accordingly. If things needed a little tweaking from time to time, Connor usually had a quiet word in the right ear and succeeded in solving the problem.